Hey, welcome back to The Craft, where we explore the creative process. My name is Colby, and I'm a product manager, marketer, and music producer. And I'm Carter, a PhD student in English at the University of Kentucky and a writer. And today, we are doing one of my favorite episodes that we do, the Year in Review Roundup. So we're going to model it off what we did last year, but we may take some variations, add a couple things. But yeah, so this is our year in review, loosely structured around what went well in our craft, what went poorly in our craft, what we learned, and what was inspiring for us. So do you want to just dive right in? Yeah, let's go. Let's just dive right in, man. It's crazy. It's been a whole nother year. Wow. Yeah, just reflecting on that, like my sense of time... (laughs) is wild. I'm like, what was going on like last year? It's like 22 and 23 just have kind of blurred together in my mind. Yeah. Well, I did go back and listen to the episode and wrote down some things we talked about. So I don't know if it makes sense to bring those up at any point, but we could do that. So what went well in your craft in 2023? Okay. So big thing that went well, I am now on the other side of my qualifying exams. So I think, I think last year, I was still finalizing committee stuff, and that was a big kind of friction point, but glad, thankful, grateful to say I'm on the other side of not only getting the committee together, but of doing my first qualifying exam and my second one, and now I am you know, swimming in the big ocean of the dissertation. So that went really, really well. So that's, that's kind of dead on, you know, substantial progress within my, my doctoral program. And so that's a big thing to celebrate. So that was the one that kind of stood out to me. I'm really excited about where I'm, the work I'm doing, where I'm at here in Kentucky, in the research. You know, I'm excited for the upcoming, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I've got a, you know, finalized a fellowship at the Tour House. So I'll be a Tour House fellow this summer at Robinson Jeffers House in California, which is really exciting. So I'll probably be out there for two weeks and looking forward to that. But really just I'm stoked about progress in the program. And then also I feel like I've gotten a lot of practice writing and dwelling has been a 2023 endeavor. I was kind of looking back. I think the first posts were in May. And so that's been something that I've been hammering away at. And I feel like I'm, you know, continuing to get see progress, and I've done a lot of prose writing practice this year, as well as a couple of poems have found homes, and and I've got a couple that I'm looking for homes too, but I just feel like there's some growth in the craft. So the big ones, progress in the program, and dwelling. So those those are two things I wanted to kind of, yeah, look back and be grateful and thankful for. Yeah, those are both really good. One, on dwelling, I'm curious, what has, what was either your favorite post to write or to read now that you've created it, you know, looking back. It's such a good one. I don't know. The most popular post has been the one on Robinson Jeffers, and that had a lot of traction, which was fun. And I think it's a good post, and I really enjoyed writing it. I got to do an interview with Tom Russert, who's kind of my man out there and uh, in California. And so that was a lot of fun to write. I also really enjoyed the last post on Dadaism and Pre-Raphaelism. I thought that was a lot of fun to write because I got some kind of really interesting visuals. And so I enjoyed that. Those are two that stand out in my mind. Yeah, for me, I think there were a couple things, man. Like one big thing that I was looking back on was just time management. I think I've grown a lot in that this last year. So 2022 or last year's review, I was talking about how I was on this big Cal Newport kick like all summer. We did all those reviews of like deep work and digital minimalism. And 
that stuff's honestly still paying off for me a year and a half later. And I've, I really got kind of addicted to his podcast for a little bit of time. Deep questions. Great podcast. I stopped listening to it the last few months. There's kind of only so much I can take because it's very like action oriented. And so I need to just listen to a few episodes, learn some stuff, take a break. But I just think the two things from him that have really helped me with my time management this year, because I have so much going on between my day job, side projects, music, different things was one multi-scale planning. So I've maybe talked about this on the show before, but essentially just you have a quarterly plan, weekly planning session where you work through your quarterly plan. You have a daily planning session where you look through your weekly plan and everything just goes back up to that quarterly level. I mean, you could kind of go even higher to saying like you have a vision of where you're trying to go big picture, but just that multi-scale approach to having a plan instead of just kind of taking things as they come has been super helpful. And I ended up buying his planner the time block planner. I think it's timeblockplanner.com. And I would, I've bought two of them now, like I'm a repeat purchase. So I really recommend it. You don't have to buy it. You can just go to his website and learn about the system and just use your own notebook or moleskin or whatever you like. And I did that for like maybe six months or something before I bought one, but it's essentially just a system for blocking out your day and putting first things first and going into your day with a plan. And I I would say that has paid dividends. The days I don't do it, I feel like I'm just all over the place. The days I do it, I might change my plan three times, but it's just so helpful to sit down and have those big goals for the day. So time management was a big win for me this year. A lot of growth there. I got to put out an EP for Will Mason called Freedom. That was really fun to work on. And also he got some some good growth in the music this year, Some some of the previous work we had done as well. So that was exciting to see for him. I was grateful to be a part of that. And I was just starting as a product manager like a year ago. Whenever we were doing that interview review, it was only a couple months in. So it's been another year. I've learned a ton, been reading a ton. And I'll share more about some of the things I've learned later. But that's just been a lot of growth for me. So yeah, I'd say those are the big things, really time management, knocking out some music with Will. That was really my big music project. There were a couple of small things, but that was the main one. And then um, just growth as a product manager and marketer. Yeah, man, dude, that I think you've put you've put a lot of things into practice. You know, the, the the Cal Newport stuff, you know, we've done the book reviews, but that was a lot of like praxis of like you putting those into the the daily schedule. I was gonna mention, I'm glad you mentioned the time black calendar, because I'm like, that's such a good example of like an application. So I definitely think that's mm, one that yeah. you can celebrate kind of putting into practice the theory that you were you're reading because that's often I mean that's like the hardest part right it's not just like learn it's the actual application I feel like you've been super consistent with it so that's a huge win thanks man yeah to get this one out of the way what went poorly for you this year in your craft mm. so this one's probably not going to be surprising <laughs> to you but I feel like what went poorly and this was even kind of dawning on me as I prepared for this episode was that I really didn't have too many metrics to like track where I've been this year. So I, I oftentimes, you know, don't like, I don't like keeping track of like the number of books that I've, I've read. And I don't like keeping track of like what's coming on next or what I did. Like I always really like to just throw myself into the project of the moment. So whatever project I'm working on, it's like as far as possible, like be, totally engrossed in it and then when that's done it's like okay maybe give it a smile like okay got published that's great 
and then immediately throw myself into the next thing. And so when I was looking back, I was like, man, I really had no, like I didn't really have a good way to track where I've been this year. And like what I was, you know, what I was reading, what I was thinking about, the experiences that I had. And like so so much of that I feel like is lost. And so for this coming year, I really want to try to be better about some sort of, I use journaling very loosely, like not a, you know, quantitative, I read this today, I did this, but like, okay, if, if, if I read, if I was engrossed by the idea of, you know, I, I re- really love this one, you know, Gabrielle Marcel's philosophy, if I'm engrossed by that in the month of September, it's like, I, I want to have record of that. It's like, oh, September, I was thinking about Marcel. And, you know, we went on this really beautiful trip to the Red River Gorge, and I saw, you know, so it's something to kind of benchmark where I'm moving. It's like, this was published, or this was rejected. And so I think the big thing for me, a failure in my craft, is I didn't set up enough structures to track growth in a way that it's it's hard to evaluate. And we always talk about the craft. It's like, you got to be able to kind of orientate yourself with taste, with these different sort of things. So like if you can't really evaluate, I think probably you're going to lose the opportunity for helpful, beneficial reflection because the reflection's like, what, what, what went on? <laughs> and so I think, I, I think I've missed out on some opportunities for helpful reflection and for kind of tracking growth by not having some metrics set up. You know, I'm, I'm so oftentimes like, don't be goal oriented. And that's fine. It's like, I get it. Like you, you've got to have other metrics of, of success than just this got published or this got, you know, this went really well. But I think I kind of neglected the, is it lagging metrics in favor of the metrics of like this moment, how is this project doing? And so I don't think I set up enough like lagging metrics to be able to track growth. Does that make sense? Mm. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, just having, even when I was prepping for this episode too, it was kind of like, okay, I've got all these things in different documents and calendars and stuff. And I'm just trying to like, look, like, what did I do this year? You know, it's yeah, like I had a really crisp report prepared for myself, you know, and I think that that's a cool idea to maybe, yeah. I mean, I guess the closest thing that I have is like a quarterly plan and then I check off if it happened or not. So I can kind of look at that. Oh yeah. I was thinking about those three big rocks that quarter. That's a little easier than like trying to get down to the weekly level or something. So I like the quarterly or monthly kind of idea of just jotting down, like here's the three big things that happened, good and bad. Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe trying it weekly, like a week roundup for myself. Just a couple oh, okay. sentences. Yeah, yeah I like Because I feel like that's doable. Like daily, I can't, like I don't want to even mess with that. <laughs> but I think I... I I think a weekly thing would be at least helpful, even if it's super brief. But anyway, well, I think- and and it's a superpower. I mean, you focusing on a single project is not a weak. Like, I mean, I guess it's a weakness in a way, but that's like a superpower to be able to just be like, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm heads down on it, and then I'm going to shift to the next thing right afterwards. Not be not letting those distractions in and always be planning and just be executing. I mean, I think that's a really great thing. You know, I think it's 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 a good thing that I do. I just want to not miss out on not miss out on where everything's gone and and have some way to kind of look back and reflect better. Yeah, for me, I I remember talking at least either in the end of year episode last year or you know, one of the episodes near the end of the year and it was like I just really want to craft like practice my craft this year. I want to do drills, I want to like study, listen to a bunch of old albums and really 
just become like a master of my craft. That was like an internal dialogue, at least if I didn't mention it on here. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, I haven't practiced. I haven't practiced nearly as much as I want. I've I've definitely put in more. I've made some demos and ideas and, and played around with things, but I think it's just a recognition of where I'm at right now is focusing on product, focusing on marketing, focusing on my day job and and some other side projects. And so that's not going to be my, you know, that's not my current focus. Doesn't mean I'm not going to come back to it, but that's just kind of been what I've had to recognize is, you know, music wasn't the primary focus for me this year. So kind of a mix of like what went poorly and also just trying to like acknowledge where I'm at and not, not let, not feel down about it, you know, but just accept it because I'm putting that creative energy into other things. So. Sure. And I think, yeah, I mean, you've got a very multi, multimedia craft. I mean, your craft moves in, in so many different directions. So I think that that may just be, yeah, a point of inflection. Like the inflection went on the product management because you had to learn that. Yeah, so, right. Like that's where the creative energy went, which is, I think, fine. In a lot of ways, it was like where where I was in marketing several years ago is kind of where I've been at with product, where I'm just still in that phase of like, trying to you know in the video game metaphor like trying to like walk the map so it just sort of reveals itself you yes. know like i don't know all yeah, the, where yeah, are the boundaries yeah. of this thing try to figure out what all the ideas are and the places i need to learn the people i need to know nice well let's uh let's keep on cruising here do you want to go to what we were learning in our craft yes oh man okay so the first one that i think i learned this year that's been kind of more recent is a classic reminder I've mentioned it on the podcast the office is closed that was a really big kind of easy catchphrase for me to remember and think on which really just boils down to when you're done working shut off the computer and shut off your mind and don't don't think about it and I think that's it came from this this Stephen Pressfield book humorously titled put your ass where your heart wants to be but it's a really solid just simple book which is like hey you know do the work and keep showing up. We did some great episodes on that earlier this year. And this idea of the office being closed is just, he was saying, I I don't talk about what I'm writing with my friends. And I also don't talk about it with myself. So that was kind of his thing. So I've been trying to carry that with me. Like don't, don't get in my own head about something when I'm done working on it, shut it off and try to actively be present around what I'm doing and let that work just sit. And that kind of leads into the second thing I've learned, which is just patience. You know, I've seen some projects take one and a half, two years to start getting some real traction. And then there's some compounding and you just learn like, man, it wasn't that it was a bad idea. It was that it needed time. Time is a piece of the recipe. Those were two, two big ones. I've got a couple more I'll speed through. Talking through that, we talked through the dip on this show at some point. That was also a really helpful book and just concept to think about, do I want to start this project? Is it something that I will be able to handle going through the dip on? Or should I say no to that and acknowledge that it's not right for me? And then I've thought a ton about strategy this year, which is this word I've started to hate a little bit because it's just like thrown around. Like it's a marketing strategy, a business strategy, put in the word strategy after it. And then it makes it sound like it's partially just a noun that people throw around, but it's also like it's so vague. It's like, what does it mean? And so I just was, have been really chasing that and trying to figure out what is a strategy and what is a vision? And what is a mission? These different terms that we throw around in business or in projects 
that can be so vague and everyone has their own definition. And I've been trying to just really whittle down what my definition of those things are. And the last one here is, I think, tying in with patience, just the idea that an hour a day is a really impactful thing. I wrote down this, I don't remember the exact source of this, but just this idea that if you spend an hour, one hour per day, that's seven hours a week, 30 hours a month, 360 hours a year, that's nine 40-hour weeks. And that just, that math is kind of crazy, you know, just to put in one hour on your side project or on your craft or that novel you want to work on or whatever it is can like seriously grow. if You zoom out over the course of a year. So that was a lot. (laughs) Those are my big things. How about you? So good. And I think that some of these, you know, directly intersect with some of the things that, you know, I'm thinking about, particularly the idea of, of patience. I feel like in regards to the craft this year, one of the the things that I'm really kind of learning by experience is the marathon mindset. And we talked about some of this in the little recap of my second exam a couple weeks ago. The idea of, hey, I'm, I'm now faced with the biggest project I've ever undertaken in, in the dissertation. And it's just, it needs a different rhythm. And you've got to learn that you got to be, you just have to change your mindset to, okay, I'm going to get the 500 words today and that's going to be enough for today. Or I'm I'm going to really get a couple paragraphs how I like them. And that seems like a just drop in the bucket and it is, but you can't fill the bucket without the drop, right? And so I, I think for me, it's it's, that has been one that's been coalescing in the last couple of weeks, in the last kind of portion of this year since my exam. And I think it's it's good. It's just, it's again, teaching me a different way of approaching a project and the concerns can be more careful and more, you know, deliberately manufactured. The writing should be clearer. Your thinking should be more precise. I mean, all these sort of things kind of come down from this idea of having patience with the work. So I think that was one time. It's an ingredient. Like you said, you just can't bypass it. So that was one. And the other the other one I wanted to mention too, and I think this may be a carryover from some of the things that were stirring around in my mind in our last review, but I've totally adopted taste as like key to what Carter thinks <laughs> good writing is. I mean, and what good criticism is. And, you know, that quote from Jim Harrison, I think I shared on the on the podcast about, he's like, there's no miraculous events. There's just practice and good taste. And there's another great TSLA quote where he says, you know, good criticism is elucidating the work of art and correcting our taste. And I think with a lot of the reading and stuff that I've, that I've been doing, it's just like, yeah, if you want to get better at what you do in your craft, like you've got to develop good taste because you can practice till your fingers go numb. And if you're not, if there's no good taste directing your practice and good taste directing your effort, it's easy to just, I don't know, to, to kind of spin your wheels. So that's been one thing I've been like, maybe learning is one way to say I've adopted it. Like that's when I'm like, okay, this was, I was thinking about it. I was musing on it. And that's when I'm like, yeah, this is, this is legit. So those were two things for me, the marathon mindset kind of with a bigger project. And then also just thinking more about how taste is so crucial to everything that we do, you know, whatever your craft is. Yeah. Both of those. I agree. I love that. The, 
the marathon mindset, I mean, the, the conversation we had about your dissertation and the kickoff of that, writing that project, that was really awesome. If you haven't heard that, you should go back and listen to it. But yeah, I mean, you got such good advice around how to manage a long-term project. That's that those ideas rubbed off on me. I mean, the, the one about keeping an ideas doc, I don't know if I told you, but I started doing that for product management work and it's been really helpful having this one page separate from the projects where I can be like, here's all the stuff we're doing. And it kind of more like a thematic or project level that was direct tie in super helpful and taste, man, you talked about taste last year in the review as well. So I think you were in that phase of musing on it still, but that's cool. What What's the biggest way that you've really like put that into practice? You think, I mean, is it just investing or seeing, seeing the times you read and do and experience art as more of like an investment in themselves or something else? Yes, uh, something along that lines too. I mean, the one, the big one that's kind of a bleed over from last year too is I've been reading some writers just for their style. So Guy Davenport, who used to teach at Kentucky, who was a big influence on Eric, who is my committee chair. I've been reading, you know, I'll pick up his volume of nonfiction essays just to look at the style and just read it for like hoping that it'll seep kind of in. I've also done some stuff where I've, you know, I've done the classic, you know, classical practice of imitation where I've said, okay, this is such a good passage for, for, you know, whatever writer I'm reading, I'll type it out myself and try to say, okay, what does it feel like to write like this? And I've just been trying to give more and more attention to how really good writers work. And so it's just been, I think, you know, the two dis- distinct practices are reading specifically for style and then also like just practicing, like writing in a style and paying attention to that and like directly copying stuff. So I've got a doc where I just do that. And, you know, it's not it's not a regimented thing. And I think it, it could be regimented, but I've got a Scrivener document that's my imitation stuff. So it's just got the stuff that I, okay, I'm going to write this passage out and I'll go write it out. So those are two ways that I've been trying to integrate it. I'm more and more convinced about the taste being such a critical first principle almost of creative process. You know, I mean, it almost feels like it could be like taste, create, revise, share, sustain. It could almost go before create or somewhere in in between because it's so critical to yeah. the process. You it's know like I mean? it's like the first it's the firstborn child of revision or something in create. Yeah, right. <laughs> Both of those are like. I don't know. They're so intimately, but maybe revision is the true basket bucket that taste is in. Well, another thing that ties directly into that, I'll say quickly, is I'm becoming more convinced of the value of switching lanes or doing something different to learn about your other craft. So like me doing product management, I think is making me better as a marketer, making me better as a music producer, because you come back to the original discipline without feeling like you're wearing the hat of that that role i think Love. so i can come back to music and be like oh i'm i'm focused on marketing so i'm a marketer right now what does a marketer think about this music and you don't get obsessed about the details and you also just learn new frameworks and ideas that tie over so maybe it's just even a way of saying it different roles refine your taste in new ways you know lovely that's a lovely sentiment and i think in in some ways like a broader idea of life is like the process of living is hopefully refining your taste for what is good and what is beautiful and what's true, you know? So there's even like a broader, like even beyond artistic of like, yeah, we have to be, 
we have to be refined in taste. You may not like the the Brussels sprouts when you're a kid, but it's like eventually the Brussels sprout wrapped in you know bacon or, or sautéed or however you like them, you're like, oh man, there's something here that I didn't recognize when I was a kid and I like my chicken nuggets, right? And then, then you start to kind of broaden your taste and things that used to be difficult or, or like you start to recognize them differently. So uh, I could, we could, we could dive so long into that, but maybe pivot to our inspiration category. So what was inspiring you for your craft? Do you want to take that? Oh man, I wrote down like 20 bullet points. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I'll it. keep it. I'll keep it quick on them. I've got. I've got some books. I've done some courses. I've you know listened to a lot of podcasts. So I'll just list a few things. Okay. Beginning of the year, I read a book called "How Will You Measure Your Life" by Clayton Christensen, who's a famous former marketer who's passed away some years ago. He was a professor at Harvard in marketing, and that was a very powerful book just about life and grit. I read that in April. That from Angela Duckworth, that book was really impactful, I think. I won't go into the details, but it was really inspiring. For product management, listening to Lenny's podcast, that's kind of like the, the one podcast everyone in product management will probably mention, but he just has interviews with all the, the top product people out there today. And they're super, the way he does the episodes is really inspiring and the, the conversations themselves, the content, the people what they're making. There's just so much inspiration from that show. Wrote down a couple products that have been really inspiring me this year. We talked about them on an episode, but uh, the Arc browser, they're just making a really fun browser that's better than Chrome in so many ways and it's fun. And the content that they create is very inspiring too. The videos and the YouTube videos and emails and things. I'll list a couple more books that have been really inspiring me this year. So Company of One by Paul Jarvis, really great take on just business and keeping things small and being not not just being about growth for growth's sake and the I've taken a couple courses from this this guy Jack Butcher from visualizevalue.com and those have been really great definitely learned a lot from the courses and he's got this very minimalistic design style and he's a designer so taking some inspiration from the way he presents ideas visually and kind of just inspired by minimalism a little bit this year. Like there's been a couple of different things. Like there's a website. I want to say this guy's name, he's also a designer. I want to say his name is Traff. I heard about him on a podcast called the Yo Podcast. Let me see. Yeah, tr.af, <laughs> funny uh, domain name. But his website, his design, all his stuff is so minimalistic. But this, you know, it kind of ties in. There's this book called Brief and it's really just how can you say more by saying less? And I think there's been a thread that's inspired me across a few different people who do that well. So yeah, what about you? What's inspired you this year? Nice, man. That's a great, great list. I love how we can kind of trace how some of these conversations have been in the podcast even, right? We've talked, it, it's fun to kind of look back and have the flashpoints and see them come together. I wrote down two that are less specific. One is, you know, with the launch of Dwelling, the Substack community has been really inspiring to me. So it's been a a cool thing for me to recognize, you know, how substantial the Substack space is. I mean, there's some really high quality writing going on about meaningful things. And so I, I've been really encouraged by encountering deep, thoughtful, meaningful thinkers on Substack. And then also the the kind of economic engine. I mean, it pitch, pitches itself as, you know, 
a new economic engine for culture in that, you know, it's direct from reader to writer model. And so that's been really just kind of inspiring for me, thinking about kind of the long arc of my career and how Substack may be a part of that and the possibilities that it gives for, you know, not only craft and work and that sort of thing, but also for, yeah, for a potential way to fund projects and make a living and that sort of thing. So I've been really inspired by that. It's been fun to be, I mean, I kind of joined it the year that they introduced Notes and they introduced all these kind of new social features. And so now it's like a very much an ecosystem, not just like kind of a MailChimp thing where it sends out your emails, right? There's actually like an interface. And so that's been super inspiring. Encountering the ideas of others, you know, getting to see what the platform can do has been really cool. And then the other thing that I'll mention is a good friend and I, who's also in the program with me, we've been doing kind of a weekly coffee shop collaboration work. And it's great. It's just kind of worked into our schedule. And so we'll we'll head over to Kenwick Tables, a local place, and just set up shop. And we'll talk through what we're reading, but we're getting work done. You know, we're both writing a dissertation. So it's been a, a nice, very intellectually stimulating, but also just encouraging and inspiring to kind of hear how our projects are overlapping and things that we're working through. And it's been a really a rich source of kind of inspiration for the project instead of the sense of, you know, you're going about it alone, which can easily happen when you're writing a dissertation. It's just, you know, you and the project mostly. So that's been a real form of inspiration here in the last couple of months. So got that. And then the last thing I'll mention is I've been inspired as I plan to teach the literature appreciation class at UK this coming semester. I've been really stoked about that. And I've been doing a lot of pre-work, lecture notes, readings, syllabus design, assignment design, and that's been really inspiring. So I'm I'm excited to teach that this coming semester. So those those are a couple things on my radar. That's awesome. Yes, love that. The there's just a thread of community there and collaboration and getting inspired by others. That's great. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple add-on questions this year. What let's do a favorite album or song, favorite movie or show, favorite book or essay or something, something written. We'll just kind of do like a lightning round sort of thing, you think? Okay, man, I, I had to d- narrow this down. We'll start with favorite favorite books from this year. I really, really loved Martin Buber's I and Thou. It's a work of philosophy that I think everybody should read. It's so, so good. So go read that. It's really been impactful. It was, you know, I was reading it and alongside, you know, the colleague I just mentioned, and it was like, man, where's this been? all my life. <laughs> like everything I've read has been like pointing its way to this. So that was huge. And then also I just recently read a novel, The Country of the Pointed Furs by Sarah Arne Jewett, who is a little bit of a lesser known early 20th century, mostly late 19th century writer. And this novel is just really, really beautiful. So she was a joy to discover and was a influence on Willa Cather, who's another big time female modernist so anyway, that was a really beautiful novel that just kind of appeared out of the blue from a recommendation, which was great. So those were two that stood out. I'll also plug, there's a dwelling post on some more of my favorite books from this year coming out soon, I think next week, probably. So be on the lookout for that. Love it. That's awesome. Favorite books for me were, I'll do one fiction first, Jurassic Park. 
I didn't even know. I don't know if I knew that was even the book first. Dude, I didn't even know you read this. Yeah, it was very entertaining. It was just one of those, like, cool. you don't want to put it down. It's just sci-fi, fun. And it's very, it's a little bit different than the movie, like more different than I expected. The The ending is pretty substantially different. And so I look forward to reading the second book. And then there's like six more movies that are no books associated with them, but uh, <laughs> nice, nice. as yeah, it goes. But yeah, I, I really love that one. I also finished Dune finally. I don't know if I mentioned that I was reading that like a year ago, but I had to really push through that one. It was just a little too dense for me. But I'm still really excited about Dune 2 coming out this soon. Um, yes. And it's been too long. I know. Since the first one. That soundtrack. I want to just like belt it. It's so good. On the nonfiction, I mean, I read so much and I already listed like 10 books, but I think Company of One, that was probably one of my favorites this year. And Good Strategy, Bad Strategy as well was really, really great. And How Will You Measure Your Life? To be candid, I don't remember all the details of that book, but I just be, remember being really moved by it. I thought it was really powerful. I'd like to revisit that one. Nice. Keeping things rolling album for the year. Hands down for me, it was World Music Radio by John Batiste. So good. The There's a couple tracks on there. There's Worship. That one's awesome. Drink Water with John Bellion. That's really fun. Is Did this come out this year, 2023? I'm pretty sure it came out this year. Yeah. Um, okay, nice. They actually, they... So he opened the Macy's Day Parade. I actually saw it on TV. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That was like that was the song "Worship." It was really fun. So, so that was that was probably my favorite. Man, I listened to that a ton, and I think the production's incredible. It was produced largely by John Bellion, and it was also, I mean, he's just got such an incredible voice, and it's a pretty diverse album, like in terms of genre and other artists that he features and it's just really fun and really nice. good production so i love that how about you so my most listened to album according to my roundup <laughs> from apple music was one man dog by james taylor which is kind of hilarious that i sound like i'm a 65 year old <laughs> man that's like listens to james taylor and i do i love that it's a really cool album it's 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 a great album my favorite album that came out this year I don't listen to tons of contemporary stuff, but I really liked Stick Season by Noah Kahn. That's a great album. And that came out in 2023. So that was was a lot of fun. Favorite movie or show or both? This did not come out this year. So I, but this year I watched Bottle Rocket, which was Wes Anderson's first film. And it's awesome. It's amazing. So this is the earliest Anderson and it's almost like him, I think, at some of his best. It's less quirky than the later stuff. Like it's pre Grand Budapest. I mean, this is just like Luke and Owen Wilson as the main stars, and it's so good. So if you haven't seen Bottle Rocket, definitely would say go give it a watch. Dude, I just watched Owen Wilson in um, Loki season two on Disney Plus. That one was pretty crazy season. I really enjoyed he's, that. He's had a wild career. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So yeah, for me, it was probably The Bear season two. I heard about this actually on Lenny's podcast. Someone mentioned it. I checked out that I was already watching the season, but I finished, I got to that episode and I was like, oh yeah, they're, they're so right. This, this episode's amazing. And I watched it a couple times. So season two, episode seven, just a really powerful story and transformation kind of episode, character arc, character transformation. And, um, the show is pretty stressful. Like they do such a good job of like putting all this, like sort of crazy stress around what it feels like for them to be running a restaurant, trying to open a restaurant, all that stuff. So it was just entertaining. But yeah, 
I think and Loki season two, that was really fun too. And movies, I don't know. Favorite movie? I feel like I couldn't really speak to this one because I didn't see Oppenheimer or Barbie. So I was like, oh, I can't even like, those are the big flashpoints this year. I did see Killers of the Flower Moon and it was awesome. That's probably my favorite of this year. Oh, really? Okay. But I didn't see Oppenheimer. So I love Killing Murphy. But anyway, so I, I was like, man, I really dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I need to go check out Oppenheimer still. And what's it called? Flowers? Yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. Right on. And lastly, we've got, actually, maybe that's it. What Any was your other movie? categories you want to share? Oh, movie? I don't know, man. I don't really know that I had one Question this year, mark. honestly. Okay. Kind of just like watched more shows and yeah. We're just kind of waiting for Dune 2 to come out. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. just kind of waiting, up, man, honestly. Yeah. But I guess Chalamet got bored, so he did Wonka. And it's like, dude, focus, priorities. I thought it Dune was coming two. out like right, like, wait, let me see. I don't think it comes out till like March. Oh, March 1st. Four. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to go. So see. the wait continues. I don't know if Monk is going to be quite the same intensity as that, but okay, cool. So then that brings us to the last quick little segment, which is just looking back at the craft. We've, dude, another year, another 24 episodes. Feels good. This is neat to get, what is this, year two? A full second year? The The podcast is two years old. Maybe that's the new name of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. We had some good interviews this year. We talked to Saint. We talked to, gosh, we talked to Tyler. We talked to Will. Cole. It's Cole. It was Cole this year. Susan. I guess yeah. it was Susan. Yeah. So we had some fun interviews this year. That was a highlight. Yeah. Oh, of totally. The craft for me. Those were fun. And so I hope, I hope, hope people enjoyed those. I think we plan to keep doing them as they come up. I don't think there's any regimented schedule we have in mind but yeah i think you can look forward to some more interviews in 2024 from us yeah that'd be fun this is fun it's fun to look back on a year and just see like we've talked about so many topics it's kind of broken now into like we got interviews we've got concept type episodes where we're just talking about this really specific theme we've got book review episodes we're breaking down a specific book we've learned about I don't know if there's any others, but they kind of got like a couple different formats now for episodes, which is fun. Yeah, exactly. Man, so much fun. Well, this has been a really great conversation. Put it in the books. Send it to the clouds where it will stay until everything met, everything melts down. It'll be there. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. That's it. That's the craft. Hey, thanks for listening to The Craft with Carter and Colby, where we share what we're learning about the creative process. If you're a writer, music producer, marketer, filmmaker, photographer, or you just love creativity, then this show is for you. Our cover art was designed by Elizabeth Newell. You can learn more about her work at elizabethnewelldesign.com. That's Elizabeth, N-E-W-E-L-L, design.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at elizabethisadesigner. If you like the show, there's three things you can do to help us out. First, subscribe so you learn when we post new episodes. Second, send the link to one of your friends who you think would enjoy the show. Uh, Really, word of mouth is going to be the the number one way we grow the show in any way. And three, if you have a topic you want us to cover or feedback about how we can improve the show or comments on what we've said, you can respond to heycraftpodcast at gmail.com. H-E-Y-C-R-A-F-T podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.